If you're good at something, never do it for free. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. I bought you. <laughs> Welcome back. We are the Podfellas. Our show provides film and TV reviews from two guys that make, watch, and love movies. I'm Myron, and joining me each week is Will. How's it going, everybody? Now, today is a very special episode because one year ago, over some drinks, I looked deep into your eyes and said, Will, we should start a podcast. And you said, yeah. (laughs) Well, what did you say exactly? I forgot what you said. (laughs) Well, first of all, I think it was the uh, fifth drink in your hand. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Probably was. I, I paused and looked deep into your eyes, basically your soul, and thought, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> and now here we are, one year later. Yeah, yeah. I think we were in the middle of even just talking about a film that that moment, and I yeah. think that's what kind of rang the idea in your head. Yeah, we were breaking down the Joker and uh, kind of talking through the whole idea of, of how it addressed mental health, right? And then we yeah. went on a tangent about how mental health is just addressed in movies as a whole. And here we are, 52 weeks later, 40 episodes. We would have liked to have done 52 episodes in 50 we 52 weeks but unfortunately things come up things happen hopefully for the second year we'll be able to hit somewhere close to 50 that's that's the hope but anyway we are here celebrating our one year anniversary thank you all for joining us today we'll be reviewing the films borat 2 triumphs of the kings and we're going to be going through a top five list that's different than the usual we'll be talking about the top five things we learned while creating a podcast so that should be fun any thoughts, comments, suggestions, or yes, complaints? <laughs> Drop us a line at the Podfellas Podcast at gmail.com. And please tell your friends about us. Our podcast can be found on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Fourteen years ago, I released a movie film which brought great shame to Kazakhstan. But now I was instructed to return to Yankee Land to carry out secret mission. I go to America! Borat! What do you say? No, it's not me. Borat, come back! People make recognize my face. I would need disguises. This man is a sex criminal? No, no sex criminal. I will take this to be a fat <laughs> like American man. Yeah? This is a good one. <laughs> Where is his crumb? What is problem, officer? That's somebody that's strapped to the top of your car. He's in that passenger seat, boss. Only men and bears are allowed inside car. I'm here to give my daughter as a gift to someone close to the throne. I need dress with real sexy peels. Uh, this is a bag that just goes mm, over the dress. They're nice. I really like this. Let us present Sandra Jessica Parker Drummond. I want this one with the baby on it. Oh. I have a baby inside me. Can you take it out? No, we cannot. That's not what we do here. I feel bad because I was the one who put the baby in her. Did you ever put one in your daughter? No, I did not. And now on to our first review, which is many names for this. Sometimes it's called Borat 2. Sometimes it's called Borat Subsequent Movie Film. There's a longer title, but I don't want to say it because, yeah, I'm I'm just lazy. But anyway, uh, no, no need for a 
for a summary here. It's about Borat, and we all know who he is, and we all know the type of movie that Sasha Baron Cohen is making when you hear the term Borat. So going right into our review first, Will, what did you like about this film? Uh, you know, this film was pretty funny. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, I think, gave another great comedic performance. However, it felt just a bit more reserved than in his first film. Um, so, I mean, that, I mean, that's obviously it's, it didn't. I didn't mind it, but Maria Bakalova, who played Borat's daughter Tutar, she did a tremendous job. I think with her character, yeah. like I, I, I thought like, okay, I know that's makeup and all that stuff, and I mean, I was just like, man, she looks like a. <laughs> like a cave woman in a sense, but like seeing her real photos, I'm just like, wow, she's a very stunning looking woman. And, and the way how she was able to carry this character in this film, I was very, uh, I was very amazed by it. And I yeah. thought she did. It, she was so, it was so good. I think she um, kind of stole the film in a sense. She, she did. Cause it the movie well, is really about her. I think, is, which is a little yes. bit surprising. Yeah. I, yeah. And she was hilarious and, and just, she had an interesting character, but by your saying, yeah, it was kind of focused on her. She had the more interesting character arc in the film, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the overall film actually had a more robust structure in terms of story and character development compared to the whole jackass feel of the first film, because <laughs> the first Borat was just out, just what the f am I watching kind of thing. Um, yeah. I don't mind it, but I was going back and forth with how this was so different from the candid and outlandish. Um, uh, to a bit of an emotional journey. This film actually carried this like, oh, whoa, father-daughter kind of thing and, and just, you know, uh, what what Borat was holding back on with, with the relationship with his daughter yeah. and whatnot yeah. and what the daughter was wanting from, his, from her father. Yeah, I think it was a very smart move on his part because uh, the first movie had that shock value and yeah. uh, people are wondering, oh my gosh, the, the people around them, do they know that this is a part of a movie? And you're kind of like... Uh, it was basically playing for shock value. You didn't know what was going to happen next, and there really wasn't any story, right? Uh, not as I much think, as here, but the fact that he added more elements to this, I felt like it was a smart thing to do because he knew that he didn't have the elements of surprise anymore. No, you know? that was the thing too, because obviously people knew who he was after the first film. Yeah, and yeah. I think that it does show in certain scenes where he's trying to walk around when he comes back to America with yeah. everyone's like, Borat, Borat's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, just yeah. trying to hide himself. It's like, okay, yeah. Like, I think that was one of the reasons why the shock value wasn't going to work and, and whatnot because yeah. they were waiting for that, I guess, and they expected exactly. that. So yeah. I thought, okay, okay, that makes sense. I, I see. Uh, I mean, <laughs> some of the disguises he tried to put on <laughs> with like the mullet or like the long, it's just the fat suit, all, all the different kinds of different ways of trying to be like hidden as a hidden yeah. journalist, whatever. Or, it was, or as a KKK yeah. member. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, that... That was a bit of a shock value, and I thought that was funny, though, too. But, yeah. But um, I have to say, one of the nicest scenes, though, was when Borat goes into a Jewish temple to basically end, end his life. Yeah. Now, the line was, <laughs> I wanted to kill myself, but I didn't have the guts to do it, so I decided to go to a Jewish synagogue where I would wait for the next mass shooting. That was the line. <laughs> that was, wow. I just, I mean, I wasn't surprised, but I thought that line was just like, Wow. Um, but it was not, not, it was the nicest scene though, because he meets two lovely elderly women, Jewish women who were somewhat, who, who somewhat convinced him that they aren't what he's being taught for them to be, you know, like, like he, you know, they're just saying here, like, 
let me let me let me give you a hug and like let me kiss you and she's like, and he's all like freaking out like oh, i'm gonna die and she's like look i kissed you and you're still here and he says oh maybe the poison then will seep into my veins <laughs> slowly and kill me <laughs> but all of a sudden like like she's just looking at him and saying okay like what is wrong and, and then they sit down and he's like oh i'm just depressed and i'm hungry and she goes you hungry and then basically they're sitting down eating and just having a nice little little just get together and talk and i thought huh what a what a transition what a what yeah. a change in that sense yeah but the, you you have to remember the takeaway I, I from know, that i was know that, i know jeez so <laughs> in the scene before borat was told that from a bunch of conservatives <laughs> that the uh, holocaust wasn't real and this was a, a deep moment of crisis for him so after this pleasant moment with these two elderly jewish women that were uh subject to a concentration camp yeah. his takeaway is oh my gosh so the holocaust did because exist did and it, he, he leaves happy <laughs> yeah it was just so ironical i guess so yeah 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 but what about you what did you like about this film yeah, this was a very funny film. Some genuinely laugh out loud moments. And the great thing about Borat is that if you just look beneath the surface of either of his movies, there are some deep, profound things being said about the superficiality and the closed mindedness of American culture. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's yes, never yes. just laughs for the sake of laughs. If no. you're just looking at this movie and being like, oh my gosh, he's making fun of Kazakhstan. Oh my gosh, he's such an idiot. I think you're kind of missing the point. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's driving home some serious like food for thought for messages. all of us. Yeah. yeah, 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 quite a bit, especially about politics, um, you know, how we view women even, I yep. guess you could say that comes up quite a bit in this film. Um, this movie feels very timely and all the laughs are of the moment. We are not going to give away spoiler alerts, but there are in fact multiple coronavirus references in the second half of the film. Oh, yeah. And the fact that this film was shot in a run and gun style with a loose and fluid script is one of the reasons why I think it works so well. Um, the movie and is surprised. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, he's, a, I mean, he does it so loosely, but yet so cleverly and at face value at times. Like it, it's, it's a very interesting way how he executes the messages that he's trying to really show people. And so I thought that was really well done. Yeah. The movie is surprisingly very touching. There is a heart and soul to it that wasn't really there in the first movie. And we talked about it. Uh, yeah, there was, he had to add, he had to add that element to it in order to make this movie work. I think, cause if it was just a sight gag after sight gag, I think people would have turned it off halfway through. So, in fact, Borat 2, hear me out here, is a father-daughter road trip movie, as weird as that sounds. <laughs> yeah. And then there is uh, one moment that, to me, is the funniest of the year, and it involves Tom Hanks and comes at the end of the oh film. Oh, my you, gosh. You have to watch it. You have yes. to watch it. I'm not going to tell you what happens. No. Yeah. yeah. That that and, part, I, I, I forgot. Yeah. You, you just reminded me. Like, that, that part was pretty ingenious, the way yeah. how it was tied all together yeah. basically that, yeah. I, I was like wow <laughs> and uh, Borat's daughter kind of steals the movie like we talked about and their relationship between her and her father was very fun to see develop um, now on to the weak points I'll go first and I'll let you close that section out mm -hmm. so, so for me the movie took a while to pick up 
In fact, I needed to watch it in two sittings because I couldn't really get through the first 30 minutes in the first sitting. <laughs> wow, and that's really? because I thought once again that it was just going to be a series of gag after gag. And then eventually once the daughter was um, you know, brought into the plot and they traveled to America, that's when the movie really picked up. So, uh, yeah, everything really started to get good once he landed in the States and once that road trip element started. So uh, for those of you watching, if you think the first few moments are a little slow, just keep watching and it will definitely pick up. Now, back over to you, Will. What were some of the weak points for you? Well, before I get to that, too, did you... I, I know uh, we're kind of stating that like first Borat and now this Borat, they're, they're kind of a bit of two different films. But did you enjoy the first Borat? Because the first yeah. Borat is all about shock value, obviously. Yeah, and I love the first one. Okay. Would you say that this film is better in a sense than the first one? Um, or is it just because, it, or is it just too different? Yeah, I think it's too different. I mean, the first one was even nominated for Academy Awards. It got a Best Original Screenplay nomination, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the first one hit harder because it was so fresh and people didn't know what to expect. This is just a different movie because I think it had to be different. Yeah. Got it, got it. Okay. So for me, uh, what I didn't like and, and certain weak points... Like this, the way the story progressed with Borat and his relationship with his daughter, it, it was a bit cheesy. I just couldn't get really get, get into it. it. It took me a while to just kind of accept and get into it because I, like I said, it was such a. It, this is such a different film than the first Borat, and I guess I was expecting more of the side gags and a bit more of the shock value because, um, of, of just what who Borat is. Uh, I kind of did wish basically that there were a little bit more outlandish scenes. I mean, yeah, it, it just. It felt like it was missing more ridiculous and festive scenes, if anything. <laughs> uh, but maybe it is due to our time and age of people's sensitivity. I'm not sure. I don't know if, if that's the case, really. Um, it honestly, it became a, uh, it, it, as clever and as, and as face value and as loose as it was for him to send this message. Like, it just became a little too political for me. Like, like the message was blatantly clear where he was going handling conservatives and trump with ironical praise it, that that to me was just like okay <laughs> i don't know if borat is trying to label himself as like a, i don't know if he's trying to place himself in in a political um uh, side but i mean it's it just kind of leaned that way for me a little bit so yeah 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 i didn't mind it so much i mean yeah i think uh what he was really getting at is just how lopsided people's views are whether you're from the left or the right even though he kind of ridiculed um the but the end a little yeah more. but the ending you see yeah exactly at the ending you'll see people i'm not gonna give it away but you'll see at the ending like how blatantly obvious it is with with the with the the whole running of of the remember the running of the jews and yeah, that's <laughs> the running of the americans americans <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean it was interesting yeah it was it was kind of like eh okay sure yeah all right on to our final review of the film will what do you give what star rating do you give it i give it three stars it's not bad of a film it has its humorous moments with a nice emotional storyline and i don't mind that cohen pulled back a bit on the candid and outlandish offensive humor um i just thought also like i just wish it wasn't also a little too political i you know i wish it wasn't as political as as it you know needed to be really so yeah yeah what about you 
I give it three and a half out of five stars. The film started slow, but eventually the tempo and the laughs picked up. I thought it was really great. It's basically Borat 1 without the shock value and with the heart. So if you think that sounds good and, you know, that's like, oh, okay, well, I was, I'm curious. Definitely check it out. It's, it's worth a few laughs. It's an hour and a half long. Definitely a very short film. So please do check it out. Mm-hmm. All right. That was our in-depth review of the film Borat 2. We will take a short break and come back with a review of the film Charm City Kings. Stay tuned. You're new to Baltimore. Gotta go to the ride. Right? Every Sunday in the summer, everybody with a bike show out. This bike's far as you can see. Hold the bike back, straight up, like the hands of a clock when they hit midnight. What's that? That's Midnight Click. They got the best bikes, the best tricks, the best riders. Just flicks. Midnight Click legend. So that's who you want to be down with then? Bet you, 50 bucks. <laughs> My bike is the best one out of all of us, bro. Last year, I was just Miles. This year, I'm finna be MNC Miles. And nobody gonna stop me. Click ain't gonna respect you till you pull up one new bike. This ain't a charity, but you could rebuild it if you wanna earn it. What about my friends, though? I'm not working for free in no auto shop. That ain't even how you go about getting your own bike in Baltimore City, yo. How you do it then? Like that. Y'all do exactly what I say, and you gonna get paid. Where you get all this? Oh, Lord, everything costs. You need to be more wise about who you make your friends. When it's time to be loyal, everybody disappears. I just want you to know that I'm here for you and that I got your back. You never been? To the ocean. I ain't never been outside with Baltimore before. We'll go one day. Don't give up on your dreams. They don't get no easy to hold on to. Boys wait for other people. Men go out and get it. What you want to do? Where you been at today? I will lock your ass up. Stagging that spinach, you know the routine. You know what a second chance life for people like me and you? People like us don't get no second chances, mouse. You know the routine, you know the routine. Just promise me you're going to do right. And now on to part two of our episode with the review of the film Charm City Kings. So this film is about a 14-year-old kid named Mouse who desperately wants to join the Midnight Click, which is an infamous group of Baltimore dirt bike riders who rule the summertime streets. Uh, This movie was a standout at Sundance and eventually found a home at HBO Max without a uh, theater release. So uh, first, Will, let's go ahead and take it over to you. What Mm. were some of the things that you liked about this movie? So what I loved and, and favorite moments, this is one of those classic stories of low income and struggling families. It's us looking through the lens at, uh, at the youth and experiencing the environment they have to deal with. This was a great film. It correlated with another amazing film, City of God, but with less intensity. So City of God is a foreign film uh, that takes place in Brazil in the favelas. Brazil, yeah. Uh-huh. And and that movie's intense through the eyes of the young uh, kids and teenagers living in that environment. The ensemble cast of the three young teenagers, they had great chemistry, as did the rest of the supporting cast. Everything just yeah. kind of clicked for me and, and just really felt the I, I really felt the authenticity. Yeah, I mean, Meek Mill was great. I thought mm-hmm. uh, the rapper and the three friends, which the story focuses on. Meek Mill was hilarious, yeah. Was, was Mouse's mom just really scary or what? <laughs> she like, I don't know. She like reminded she got me mad, of yeah, my I was dad. Like, oh. Really? <laughs> yeah. She's an intense well, I mean, yeah, she has she's that like very intense mom and whatnot. Uh yeah. so yeah, she was she was she's a scary mother, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. But when she's nice and when she's calm, she looks, yeah, she's nice. She seems very, <laughs> <laughs> like a very nice person. It's like uh, me, right? Generally yeah. <laughs> a pretty nice person, but a little volatile at times. Oh, uh, you know, when you need that, when you need to get to home, when you need to get home and get some sleep. Yeah, that's, that's when I know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cinematography was set up very well to match the rough and poor environment with high contrast and warm matted colors and what felt like subtle handheld camera movements. Uh, it just felt very raw in, in that sense with, with what the film was about, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there are moments where I thought they were very intentionally using Steadicam and it was super smooth and other times where they were just straight up hand holding. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought like the that dirt he bikes used, yeah. and like the demonstrations of that. And then when he yeah. was, that was for like the handheld ones. And then the more of the Steadicam would be like when he's trying to woo, uh, yeah. what's your face? Like the girl. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so the, the differences between the two, I thought were very uh, effective uh, in terms of the visual storytelling. Yep. Made sense. Yeah. Made complete sense. And, the other part of authenticity, what I really liked about it was I, I, I don't know if these kids are from Baltimore or Maryland that, in that culture. But that every time I was listening to the way they talked, I would catch the way how they would say certain words very differently. It wasn't like, you know, when you go to Boston or you hear a Boston accent, you know, like from like uh, Mark Wahlberg or Ben Affleck or Matt Damon when you watch their films. But like um, when I'm watching this, I'm like, are they saying like you or or, or or like the way how we say you or two or do like there's some just certain words that kept really coming at me and i thought that's really it just it just made me feel like oh that's interesting that's really it really stood out to me um and i just kind of like got even more uh, interested in like does baltimore have an accent <laughs> and i went to go on wikipedia and like, look it up even more and just like dive in to the whole baltimore culture all of a sudden so that was great i like that it was cool so yeah so you're saying that the film felt the film felt authentic yes, and like, yeah. very honest and real because of the way they portrayed the city they were in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So it was great. So what about you? Any uh, point, uh, things that you liked? Yeah. There was an energy and a rawness and an attention to filmmaking detail in this that you don't really see in others of the same genre. For the most part, this is, a, uh, I think, a reinvention and a revival of the uh, coming-of-age gangster drama, the type of film that we saw with like boys in the hood and menace to society. Mm-hmm. But this is just a look, uh, you know, at a different area. It's not taking place in South central. It's taking place in Baltimore and it deals with biker gangs rather, rather than just regular gangs. So I love the reinvention of that genre and uh, seeing it handled in this way. It was just really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Two standout performances here are at the center of the movie. The first is by Meek Mill. He plays a character named Blacks. He is the leader of the Midnight Click. He has just gotten out of prison and is trying to stay clean and is running basically a dirt bike shop. And uh, the second is by Jahi Diallo Winston. He plays Myron, (laughs) a.k.a. Mouse. Good name. Good name. Yeah. A kid trying to get in the gang just like his older brother, who at the start of the movie had already passed on. Uh, We don't know why he died, but we, of course, are made aware of that later on. So Jahi has like a childlike innocence, very much like a little kid. But he has like this hardened edge and ambition, which makes him so fun to watch. It's like the the difference between the two found in the same character, which makes him so unpredictable on camera and which also gives him, I, I think, uh, just a lot of charisma. And uh, yeah, if you see him in like interviews, he is not this guy at all. He's like this happy-go-lucky kid. He actually got a start on Broadway playing Simba in the Lion King musical. Mm. And to see him in this film 
it's like you don't get that sense at all. You think he's like a kid from the streets. So he was just really, really convincing. I thought it was a breakthrough performance for him. Well invested. Wow. That was really great. Yeah. And then a little bit, uh, you talked about this a little bit earlier, the colors, the lighting, and overall cinematography in this film were really phenomenal. Um, there were like shots inside of a bathroom where they're using like this really nasty yellow putrid lighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, there are scenes in uh, Black's uh, bike shop right where the colors are so vibrant of all the different motorbikes you see the the hot greens and the bright reds just seeing all those colors on screen together was just really really cool it's like the money maker basically really yeah. really vibrant and just you know I, I thought i thought the the choices that the cinematographer had and even the colorists and whatnot were were just really well done really well thought out so yeah that's all awesome right. on to the weak points back to you will Honestly, you know, this has nothing to do with the film in any technical or creative way. For some reason, hearing the young kids constantly saying the N-word and cursing up a storm just bothers me personally. And especially when the mother, like the mother, when she first starts to um, uh, talk to her kids and cursing uh, at the same time, I'm just, I I don't know, it really like makes me uncomfortable for some reason. Uh, But I I mean, that's just... I guess not really a negative or a weak point. It was just for me personally, I guess, like just something I don't like to hear, I guess. So uh, other than that, I think this overall film didn't really have many at all, if anything. So any other thoughts? No other weak points? No, I, 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 you didn't like, I mean, if you, I mean, whatever you think, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll add to it for, for your weak points, but uh, not, not that I can think of. No. So what about you? <laughs> Um, I mean, all, I'm all for movies where the main characters make flawed decisions. It's uh-huh. the heart of dramatic storytelling. I mean, any movie that you watch that's any good has to do with a main character that makes a relatable yet flawed decision. Um, but unfortunately, in this film, I wasn't very happy with how those flawed decisions were made and how, I mean, we were supposed to be like, okay, I can understand why he did that. Ugh, it sucks that he made that decision, and it mm-hmm. sucks that all this stuff, bad stuff, is happening because of it. But I get it. I see why. And you know, let's just go with the flow in the movie, the rest of the film. But unfortunately, in this movie, our main character Mouse makes two really bad decisions that borders on him looking really, really stupid. I would have to say. Hmm. Um, the Which, first. Yeah. Go on. So I'm going to be slightly vague about this. The first is when he's tasked to uh, drop off a finished dirt okay. bike to a I customer. Need, I see. And yeah. instead he goes on a joyride with it um, to impress a girl. And bad stuff happens as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And secondly is when he decides to prove himself to the midnight click by doing something that's against the law. And the repercussions of that action has a profound effect on one of our favorite characters in the movie. Mm. So we'll just say that. And I thought that from a storytelling perspective, um, the writer and the director could have done a better job making his actions more understandable and relatable so that we weren't so mad at him when you know the repercussions become evident. So well, I will say that. Sure. But like I, I felt the same way, though, too, in those two scenes uh, where I was really annoyed and frustrated because I was like, why are you making these stupid decisions? Right. But I think that, like you said earlier, oh, yeah, we have to understand it. I, I guess I, I, the thing that came to my mind was the 13, you know, the 14 year olds. Right. And I feel like yeah. I've heard that excuse all the time in real life where when kids make those kinds of dumb decisions, you know, the, the, the parents or, or friends who are like, you know, 
uh, old, a lot older, they'll be like, well, they're just kids. They're just kids. And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, yes, but is that an excuse? But that's the reality of it. And that's why I was like, okay, that that's just yeah. the reality of it. And especially yeah. in their circumstance too, I guess. That's why for me, I I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I definitely know where you're coming from though. So Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right, so now on to our final reviews of the film. Uh, I give it four stars. It's an interesting and refreshing take on the teenage gangster drama, and at its center is a star-making performance by Jahi Diallo Winston. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to watch this kid. He did you have to job. watch this kid. <laughs> Highly recommend it. It's on HBO Max. Check it out. Back over to you, Will. What do you give this film? I give it a three and a half stars. Uh, it's a strong, dramatic story of survival where second chances are slim, strong cast with great chemistry, and overall well shot and directed. So, okay, but at the same time, there was no really weak points in this film for you. What, does that make you want to give this film a better rating, or do you stick with three and a half? I stick with three and a half because I guess I, for some reason, maybe I'm being I am being biased here. Like I was trying to put it up against City of God because I saw a lot of similarities in the sense of mm-hmm. what the, the struggle and the, and the environment, and I, I think that there could have been. Uh, Maybe it just something added more. I can't put my finger on it. I just put something more added to it to really, to really push it to uh, four. But you know what? For you, Myron, I'll give it four stars. Fine, I'll give it four. <laughs> no, stick to your guns, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what I was doing. I was putting it up against uh, another film because it was okay. a familiar storyline to me. Okay. Yeah. All right. That was our review of the film Charm City Kings. Like we said, it can be found on HBO Max. Go ahead and check it out. All right. We'll take a short break, and then when we come back, we'll discuss the top five things, a.k.a. the top five life lessons we learn from filming a podcast. Stay tuned. Men are going to come along and want to teach you things. Doesn't make them any smarter. You just let them blow by, and you go on ahead and do just what and how you feel like. Someday you're going to be all alone. So you need to figure out how to take care of yourself. Tell the readers of life how it feels. And to be a girl. Among all those men. I don't mind it. Chess isn't always competitive. Chess can also be... beautiful. You're an orphan, Beth. I'm fine being alone. I feel safe in an entire world of just 64 squares. How creativity and psychosis often go hand in hand. Or for that matter. Genius and madness. All right, we are back from break. So Will and I normally do a top five list where we talk about movies. We talk about, like last week, we talked about the top five, our top five Aaron Sorkin works. Uh, We've done like our top five Nolan movies ranked. However, in honor of our one year anniversary and uh, just uh, looking back at how difficult it was to start a podcast and to keep it going, but yet how rewarding it is. I think we (laughs) learned a lot about ourselves and about what it takes to make a podcast. And we grew so uh, much. Yes. We've become so much mature. And in some sense, don't you think we kind of learned a lot about life in general? There are a lot of life lessons, I think, that can be learned in the process of making a podcast over the course of a year. I think because we were able to actually reflect on it and discuss about it. And I think letting it out and letting it process. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. All right. So here we go. We, Will and I this time have a shared top five list. So we're going to go through these one by one. 
So number five, when making a podcast, you need an outline. You can't go <laughs> off the cuff. We learned this the hard way. Our very first episode, Will and I, we watched Ford versus Ferrari on a Saturday night, and we thought, all right, let's just go straight into it, and we'll figure out what we're going to say. And uh, if I don't know if I still have the the raw audio from that, but we're like, okay, you say this, and I'll say this. Okay, we should probably talk about this, huh? Should we put this in? No, let's cut that out. Oh, don't say that. It was really we, bad. We were, we were well well over overthinking it a lot of times just because yeah. I think I think going into it, uh, you and I just, we were trying to just have it fresh in our minds and just be able to candidly talk about it. But then yeah. again, obviously the things that came out of our mouth were like, no, yeah, we can't say yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we were so nervous. We, we you know had some drinks, which can help or hurt you. Uh, so maybe that's like point number 5A. <laughs> Drinking while recording, it can be a huge boost or a massive train wreck. Anyway, yeah, uh, so, going back it is, to, so it yeah. is very important, people. Like, you definitely have structure. It doesn't yeah. mean not necessarily that you can't speak what's on your mind for sure, but just as long as you have the structure and an outline to be able to go off of, so that you don't lose uh, a sense of focus of what you're where you're trying to go with it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Number four, podcasting can give a huge boost to your creativity. If you let it. So Will and I, when we started this whole thing, we agreed to watch like, what is it? One to two movies a week, depending on what we were reviewing. Uh, there were certain weeks where we crammed in an entire season of a TV show. But just, I think, constantly having to watch content with a critical eye and break the film down, break the characters down. It really helps, uh, especially if you're a creative that's making your own uh, you know, video or writing works. That's making your own stuff. Um, to really just uh, see what is working and what isn't working. So I, I thought it was tremendously helpful for, for someone like myself. What about you, Will? Yeah, 95% of the time, it definitely got me, um, got my creative juices flowing again. And, and in times where I had, you know, dur especially during COVID, where we all were like stuck in our homes and yeah. not able to do much, I think that it really helped me kind of like, because for me, I'm more of a, an idea guy where I'm always thinking of different ways to shoot something or, or having concepts of wanting to experiment with a specific um, technique. Um, so 95% of the time, it does definitely give you that huge boost. boost. Uh, and the other 5% though is when um, I think we all have it where literally like I don't feel like doing anything. I don't even feel like watching this, but I have to watch it and trying to critically think through it. Like there's like sometimes you get like a roadblock it's okay. Like, it's okay to have those moments. So, you know, just, just take a deep breath and then like, just step away, clear your mind and then watch it and, and then like continue to push through it. Because at the end of the day, like, even though we love to do this, you know, uh, sometimes you have roadblocks and, and, and it's okay to just kind of like take a moment and take a breath and take a break and, and not just like, you know, be so hard on yourself because it's like, Oh, I have to get this done. I have to do this. It's like, no, just remember why you're doing it in the first place. Because one, it's like for Myron and I, it's fun and we love it. And, and, and for the majority, if anything of the time, most of the time, all the time, um, we're having such a great talk and a great time about it. So, yeah. Yep. All right. Number three, rules are made to be broken. I told you all you need to have an outline and you can't go off the cuff. Well, <laughs> I, I got to tell you that once you 
are used to working with an outline, I think that it can be a hindrance to just the flow of a conversation or how, how an episode is running. So when SEO rules are made to be broken, I think that some of our best episodes came about when we just didn't have time to fill out that outline or to uh, kind of talk through what we are going to say next. Or even um, even if we, I think what's even the best, one of the best things is when we have disagreements. I love it when we're able to go yeah. off the cuff on that. I and mean, when, when we get passionate about it, like, how can you say this? Like, no, this is the best thing about this film. It's like, no, I disagree. Why do you disagree? You know, like, like those moments yeah. are so much fun to be able to like dive in. Yeah. Like 1917. <laughs> yes. Still yeah. great. All right. Don't care what you say. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> all right. Tangent here before we finish up with our last two points. What was, in your opinion, the worst movie we saw in the last year of podcasting? I know off the top of my head immediately what, what it is for Shoot, me. Shoot, I think it was so bad that I even wanted, I didn't even want to remember it. Uh, what was yours, actually? Capone. Oh, Capone. yeah. Yeah, that was one of the really bad ones. Yeah. That was really bad. I think Amazing I, performances. But, oh, boy. <laughs> Gosh, oh was it though? Even for Tom, I know it's Tom Hardy, but even when I was watching Tom Hardy, I had a really hard yeah. time really wanting to remember him as Capone. Yeah, well, he was really chewing the scenery, you know? Yeah. It would have been great if he had a, like a coherent narrative to surround his performance, but yeah, that, that one was rough. That, that one, one was really rough. Yeah, yeah. I think that's for the reason why I didn't even like bother remembering that film. <laughs> <laughs> Capone's up there, yes. I agree. All right. Number two, as in all things with life, Consistency is key. Whether you're working out, um, you know, reading books, writing a script, or making a podcast, you have to just get your butt in the chair mm -hmm. and you got to commit to doing it, even when you don't want to, even when you're sick, even when you're swamped with work. There was a period uh, during the course of the year where I don't think we recorded an episode for what, two months almost? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was rough for us, and it kind of really made me miss doing this. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad we got we got to start it up again, and just we were consistent with it. It was like riding a bike; we were doing it week in and week out. And even after that huge break, uh, we were able to get back into it pretty quickly because we had a certain habit established. So, yeah, with anything that's worth doing, consistency is key. Yep. And as I said before, you know that five percent where it feels like you don't feel like doing it, you put you push through. You know, you just keep pushing through. Yeah, yeah. That's just a part of the discipline. Mm -hmm. And Huge. lastly, the number one thing we learned from podcasting this past year is you got to do it for you. Like, honestly, when we started doing this, I was like, oh, we're going to be huge. We're going to be like the next <laughs> film spotting. Uh, we're going to get sponsorships uh, left and right. And I kept telling and, you, like, hey, let's just focus on us and just having yeah. fun with it. That, that yeah. Uh, so bringing you yeah, back and, down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I always dream big, you know. Which is and, great. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. But I get disappointed really easily too. And that's where I think this point uh, this point comes in. Yeah. I mean, due to COVID and for various other reasons, uh, our listenership has gone up and down and up and down. It was also very dependent on the topic. And, you know, it's easy to get constantly obsessed with the numbers that you're seeing and the analytics. But honestly, like... I said this, I think, what, a couple of episodes ago, uh, whether there's one person listening or one million. I mean, we do this because it's fun. Yeah. And exactly. uh, for all our listeners, thank you for hearing us over the course of the past year. We appreciate your support. 
Um, anything else you kind of want to add to that last point, Will? I think one of the other great moments that we had uh, was when we were even getting, uh, we, we were being asked for advice on how to start a podcast from, from friends who now has his own running podcast uh, that we've had a guest on as well from uh, my buddy Mike from Moonshine and yeah. Monsters. Uh, yeah. And just reviewing horror films. Like, it, it's cool to be able to have this experience and be able to pay it forward and, and, and uh, just help others who want to try to this and do this. And um, yeah, focus on really doing it if you're enjoying if, if it's really gonna be something that you are going to enjoy um i mean and, and yes if the fruits of your labor come awesome but don't let that be your first and foremost focus of why you're doing this in the first place you know because we just it's for us myron and i we love film we enjoy uh being able to talk about film uh, especially over drinks too, you know, and, and whatnot and how it all started to, be, to begin with. And, and let, just let, let, after that, just let it, you know, let it take its course. Bottom line, let it take its course and, and keep doing it. So yeah, I guess that's basically my thing. All right. So thank you so much for all your support, for listening in to all of our guests that we had on our uh, podcast over the course of the last year. Thank you all for, joining us and yeah, uh, when yeah. things got a little stale between me and will it was great to have like a third party come in and really kind of change the dynamic up so thank you to all of our guests over the past year we are gonna power through year two and see what uh what the future has in store happy anniversary will happy anniversary myron man we will be back next week <laughs> thank you thanks have a good one guys take care guys